Hello and welcome to the Stand Up Marketing Podcast, where in each episode we'll be showcasing and exploring a different area of tech marketing. We'll be talking with experts who share their experience, insights, and most importantly, provide you practical ideas that can be applied to your marketing strategy today. Tech marketing continues to evolve at a tremendous pace. It's often misunderstood and has a habit of taking itself too seriously. So join us as we tackle those issues and reveal what works, what doesn't, and how marketing drives revenue growth in tech. This is the Stand Up Marketing Podcast and I'm Richard Wright. In this episode, we're going to explore sales and marketing alignment, which is not a new concept at all, but in many organisations, it's become a buzzword lacking in meaning rather than a considered process that's ingrained in the culture of a company. And when you consider the benefits of true sales and marketing alignment, it's amazing that so few SaaS brands have it towards the top of their priority list. True alignment can deliver 36% better customer retention rates, 38% higher win rates, 32% year-on-year revenue growth, not to mention an improved buyer experience and a better work culture. Joining me to discuss how to move it from an abstract concept to a formal strategy is Volker Baluda. Volker has worked in sales for over 20 years and in that time built and managed sales and commercial teams of all sizes, developing winning strategies for a variety of tech and SaaS firms in the UK and across Europe. He's now a sales and strategic consultant and has worked fractionally as a coach, mentor and mindfulness trainer, as well as advising tech firms on business, digital transformation and marketing and sales strategies. He also has a keen interest in self-development, leading him to write a best-selling book, Principles for Success, based on his highly successful podcast, Stories of Success. I'll put all the links to Volker, his book and podcast in the show notes, but in the meantime, let's talk sales and marketing alignment. Volker, thank you for joining me uh, today. I mean, so first up, you know, why is sales and marketing alignment so important to you? Yeah, let's let's jump straight in. Thanks for having me, Richard. I mean, for me, it's all everything that's essentially revenue generating in an organization, in, in my opinion, should just sit under one umbrella. So if if you look at some organizations where they have, you know, sales and they have marketing, then they have, you know, Sometimes if I say revenue operations, then they and that sits under operations, marketing under marketing, sales under sales, and then they might have client success under client success. Whilst that might work if I say in a in a sales force or some really big company, although I'm not even convinced it would work there. You know, it's if I say it's as small as a company is, and I work with a lot of start and scale ups, the more aligned the revenue function should be. And if if you sometimes look at, you know, if I say some if I say companies if I say that you know that a founder led, you know they, they they have the marketing sitting under under the founder, and you know a lot of founders are not very sales driven, but you know it's all about the brand, but not about if I say lead gen, um, and then the, the founder and the salesperson need to negotiate. You know where does marketing sit? Should it sit more on lead gen? Should it sit more on branding? And if I say and and so on, um, so yeah, so. In short, and, and we can obviously dive into more detail, um, you know, it, it just needs to be aligned. And I, I think it needs to be sitting under one umbrella because for me, marketing is as much lead generation as, you know, as a BDR is. And, and I think a BDR or an SDR 
um, should sit under sales or it can sit under marketing if marketing sits under sales. Um, you know, and client success is revenue as well, right? I mean, a client doesn't stop to be sold to just because they signed a contract, right? I mean, that's when the whole fun begins in terms of, you know, retention and upselling as well. Yeah, it's interesting about the um, BDRs because you're right, I've seen them report into sales and I've seen them report into marketing and there's no definitive answer. It comes down to how organized and structured and well-trained and incentivized and, you know, et cetera, that they are. Um, I don't... You get don't think organizations need to get too precious as about where, where the line goes in you're right as well sales and marketing are two sides of the same coin yet so often they're at uh loyheads going at, e- at each other like uh like cat and dog and i, I think that's one of the, the the most obvious sort of early warning signs that you need to get alignments in in place what do you consider the the sort of early warning signs and other signs that uh, it needs to be put in place so 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 warning signs i think you know if what i said earlier right and i mean if if you have a founder-led organization right and and if I say it doesn't even have to be founder-led, but if, if marketing is all about branding, you know, if I say it's a, it's a nice shiny brochure, you know, in the golden days, um, you know, mm. call, call it a website these days, you know, it's all about the brand message, you know, and, and how the brand looks. Um, then for me, that's branding. That's, yes, it's part of a marketing function maybe, but marketing for, for me is all about lead generation. And, and that's where BDRs, SDRs come in. And that's why, you know, we have this age-old argument, as you just said, you know, should BDR sit under marketing or should they sit under sales, right? I mean, in, in my opinion, it, it probably doesn't matter too much because if, if you look at a funnel, um, and, and I recently did a revenue architecture course, which, uh, you know, I absolutely loved look, looking at, you know, if I say the whole pipeline from, from a data and, 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 and um, uh, if I say conversion optimization point of view. You, you have some marketing leads coming in, then you have some BDR leads coming in, but then, you know, they, you know the BDR could also pick up the marketing leads, if that kind of makes sense. So it depends how you want to structure it. And then the BDR becomes the sales qualified leads, and then the sales qualified leads go to the, if I say, account executive. And if you're looking at, if I say, um, a bigger enterprise sales, the account executive, um, you know, if I say they, they can't do their jobs themselves, right? They, they you know, if, 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 if there's a big complex sales involved with different shareholders and stakeholders within an organization, they need the support from the CEOs, they need the support from marketing. And then we're talking about account-based marketing, right? ABM, which then if, if we bring that in and if, the, if, if account-based marketing would then not sit under sales or under the revenue function overall, you know, who, who, who's controlling what, what, what happens. So, so early warning signs, um, to come back to your question, is when, when sales and marketing, you know, fighting about, you know, attribution, right? Like, oh, this, this is a marketing lead. No, no, this is a sales lead. You know, it should be attributed here, it should be attributed there. It doesn't matter where the lead is coming from. Important is what, what, what we can convert and how we can convert it. And, you know, what, what worked in terms of getting the new clients through the door? Is marketing working better, right? If, if you have... Um, you know, just before we went live, right, we talked about product-led growth, right? If you have a good product, you know, it might be more of a marketing approach. You know, if you have, I don't know, let's say services, it might be more of a, of a, of a sales-led approach, right? Where you go out and, and have people, um, you know, let's say knocking on doors, very classic, you know, BDR, SDR um, kind of work. And, 
you know, if I say they're different functions, but it doesn't matter, you know, what, whatever works, you need to double down on what works. And it doesn't matter if it's marketing or sales. And if, if those two departments then fight against each other in terms of, you know, I need more budget, I need more marketing budget because marketing works better. Just look at the figures, what works, and then double down on that, right? If I say it's as, as simple as that. And, you know, I think the only way marketing and sales can, you know, can have two different departments if, if, if both leaders, if I say, are, joined by the hip, both sales and marketing leaders and, and, and do the same thing, which then means they're sitting all under the chief revenue officer. Kind of a biased view, of course. <laughs> yeah. no, I, I think you're right. I think the absolutely the the, the, the the fundamental issue is whether you have sales and marketing working as two sort of separate functions in silos yeah. or uh, whether you've got the CRO and the CMO or whatever the title is absolutely joined at the hip who are making all the calls and then when that's they agree it they're trickling it down to to their teams and and they're being set up accordingly because otherwise it all becomes a little bit scattergun you know marketing yeah. are doing you know quite good honest honest work but if it's not what sales are expecting then you've yeah. got a, a major issue in your head i mean the age-old problem that every marketer in the history of marketing has face uh, been faced with is they create leads as they define a lead and whatever stage of the process it gets handed over to, to to sales and they said well this isn't a lead who's right who's wrong well they're both right and they're both wrong the fact is they're yeah. not they don't have a shared definition of of what a lead is and what each department's uh, responsibilities are at each step of the process and also the handover process yeah. as well what does that look like that if that hasn't been discussed in 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 detail then you're making life difficult for yourself yeah and it's not a nice experience for the client right as a customer or as a prospect that comes in right they go like oh, they, they're not aligned right hmm. and the same comes comes down to messaging right if you think of messaging if, if marketing has all these great messaging and then sales goes out talks to the clients every day keep keeps it in the little silo and go like oh we're not going to tell marketing what we just found out right because then they have a competitive advantage <laughs> i mean it doesn't work right you, you need yeah. to tell them what you found out you know what, what do clients want how can we adopt the marketing message in, in order to to attract more people you know or, or more clients through the door mm. you know, that, that's the worst yeah, right say it's not communicating <laughs> Yeah, customer experience is is absolutely key. And you know, in preparation for today, I was looking at uh, brushing up on some statistics. And you know, there's yeah. a there's a bundle out there, but one of the ones that stands out is you know, 36% higher customer retention rates when sales and marketing work together to deliver the same message and a unified yeah. experience. You know, that that does pay off in the long term, and of course, that benefits you know revenue and reduces sales cycles uh, as uh, as well and then the other part of it also not only um does a well-aligned sales and marketing organization benefit the the customer uh, but also has benefits internally it creates productive uh, work environment improved employee satisfaction yep. and employee retention and so it's always I think what sales marketing alignment is not a new new concept. It's been around for a long time. Yeah. Um, but I don't think people are doing it properly, which is why it's always in the background. So it's how do you take it from just as a sort of abstract, loose concept to a yeah. formal policy and, and, and strategy? Oh, I mean, I think once it sits under one umbrella, it's, it's so much easier to coordinate, right? Mm. So if you... 
I was just thinking, actually, if, if, if you have, for instance, let's say, you have sales coming back with a message, right? And, and saying, oh, I don't know, the customers we're talking to, you know, the prospects we're talking to, they all want, I don't know, the product in green, whatever it is, right? Then then, then marketing needs to adopt that, right? If, if you have separate functions and if I say the, the, the head of sales needs to go to the head of marketing, go like, oh, we, we need to change something, right? In the brochure, we need to talk, we, on the website, we need to talk about the product in green. And um, if, if marketing then goes like, oh, no, we don't have time for that, right? We, we're currently preparing the product in blue and in, in yellow, right? Who, who cares about green? Or they have something completely different on their plate, right? I, I don't know, the next event they're preparing or whatever the case might be. So in order to prioritize what we need in order to increase sales and revenue, if, if that's the ultimate game of the company, right? I mean, not, not every company is, is, is revenue driven. I mean, I would assume or would hope most of them are. Then, you know, you need to reprioritize things in marketing. And I think that's, you know, again, if you have two different leaders, they were competing, you know, for the attention, for budget, you know, and, and once it's under one umbrella, this, this should just nicely join up, right? And as, as you say, right, people or people, teams should work, start working as teams, right? Sales and marketing should be fluid, right? I mean, I, I worked in teams, um, very vividly remember, you know, it's, it's, it's a few years ago now, where I sat next to marketing, which was the best thing ever. So whenever I needed anything, I went like, oh, can, can you do this? And he goes like, yeah, I can, I can put that on the to-do list, right? And then, then we talked about it, we talked through it, and, you know, we, we put it into practice. And, you know, it's, it's, it's just a different way of working, right? If, if I had to go up for, say, a level and say, well, can you talk to the other head off? And, and then it comes down again, you know, half of it is lost. You know, and to your point, you know, it doesn't help with, with team morale, retention, um, etc. Yeah, I, I've had that a couple of times where I've gone into to marketing teams yeah. and you have the conversation, okay, well, you know, how often are speaking with sales, either as a team or yeah. as a group or as an, an individual? And, you know, it, it, seldom, it seldom happens. So just as a really kind of basic level... You know, have a conversation with sales, open up a channel of communication. Um, yeah. and, uh, but also it, to, to reduce that, you know, let's be honest, there is between sales and marketing quite often levels of maybe resentment or suspicion if you know, targets aren't being hit. Um, yeah. Maybe that's not the right word, but yeah. it, let's, sales and marketing don't always see uh, eye to eye it's very easy to, to to remedy that through through basic communication and giving people yeah. making people tasking them with the responsibility of of of, uh, of, of liaising with uh, their sales uh, colleagues and, and making sure that uh, it's not all one way you know sales are going yeah. to take what marketing have to sell on board and, and and vice versa but just as a, at a really basic level of, of improving things just make sure if you're talking to the other departments yeah uh, not telling them what to do but just talking no. to them. And to, to be honest, I see the same with uh, product and sales. So I've, I've experienced that a couple of times now where, you know, I, I come into companies. So sales, when did you last talk to product? Or well, we, we, we never have. <laughs> we never have. Right? Again, sales is out there every day, essentially doing marketing, right? Because they constantly talk to clients. They get all the feedback and they need to distribute it internally. And if, if the CRM isn't set up properly, if there's no communication channel set up, whether that's with marketing or product, right? And vice versa, if, if the sales guy doesn't know when the new product in yellow or blue or red or whatever is going to be launched, right? They, they can then go out and, and, and tell a different story, a better story, right? So they can say, oh, we, we, we don't have the product ready in red yet, but it's coming out in yellow and red is in the pipeline for Q4 or whatever the case might be. And 
you know, it, it gives them a new storytelling approach. So when, whenever I go into organizations, that's one of the first things I do, you know, a product and sales talking and yeah, a marketing and, and sales align. Um, you know, just, just to preempt a question, you know, someone might be listening and go like, should, should product and sales report into the same uh, person? And and there are a couple uh, couple of theories out there, you know, that you put that under under growth, um, you know, if I say head of growth or chief growth officer, whatever you want to call it. Um, I'm I'm not too convinced, um, unless it's a very product-led growth, um, uh, if I say revenue stream. And if that's the case, the question is, do you need a lot of sales? Or do you then combine marketing and product potentially, right? I mean, that's 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 the other thing. Um, but I, you know, if, if you look at marketing and sales, I think it's much much clearer because it's it's clearly revenue, and that's where you know what what I said um, initially. Client success comes in as well. I know we don't want to talk about client success, but once once a contract is signed, you know you want to upsell. It's 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 a revenue generating function, right? Call, call it client success, call it customer service, call it account management, whatever the case might be. Those guys are key in order to grow the revenue, retain the client, and, and they need marketing help as well. So, so for me, they're very much part of a sales function. And um, I've, I've seen a company recently, they have, um, and I think I can disclose it without disclosing the company, they have a chief, chief sales officer purely looking after sales and client success. They have a chief growth officer, which has, the person has, um, I think, marketing and trying to remember now, I think marketing um, and revenue operations. And I think they have another function for, I think, a commercial officer, but I don't know what, what that person then does. And I'm like, you know, there, there are too many too many people with the same title. I mean, if, if, if it's clearly defined what they do, that's absolutely fine, right? Mm -hmm. But just just if I think, if, if marketing and, and, and revenue operations sits in one bucket, why, why wouldn't that sit with sales? Doesn't, you know, it doesn't make sense to me. Um, and I question that. Um, but I haven't got an answer yet. Uh. <laughs> well, I, I think that brings us nicely, actually, to I think the the important role that product marketing plays in the yeah. process of of aligning sales of the marketing. Yeah. Because that is an area which I think generally is either sort of misunderstood or underinvested in, or best performing organisations I've worked for have been those who have invested in product marketing, and that's not a coincidence because yeah. product marketing is going to sit at the intersection of marketing, sales, and, and products. And I think the, I mean, yeah. product marketing for me, and you know, again, classic example. I used to work with a. I think his title was product marketing. He was also, if I say, essentially my sales engineer. He was also a good friend, and we we always teamed up when when we went into um, we we went into into sales pitches because he had all the product knowledge, right? So he knew exactly what was going on there. He had enough marketing knowledge to to market it, and because he was very technical, he could do all the sales engineering bit. So so all I had to do is like going into a meeting if I say open up a couple of conversations and then he just came in with all the information <laughs> and I just closed the deal. I'm like, this is brilliant. That's how sales should work, right? Um, I'm exactly. not saying sales but, engineering. But you, and... <laughs> Sorry, yeah. So I was going to say, but, but if you've got like, you know, four different salespeople all going out to market to speak with their prospects with four different sort of versions of or, yeah. or, or, or their reality of what the product is, then it becomes yeah. confusing very quick. Um, and that's where marketing, product marketing need to finesse and make sure there's a level of consistency in yeah. in, in 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 the message that that's going out uh, going out to market and that 
that message is mirrored in all the collateral, all the content going out and all the ads. So yeah. there's no confusion as to you know, what your company, what your platform uh, or software software offers. Yeah. No, no, absolutely. And if I say, if, if you have a very technical person, that's, that's ideal, right? Because then they understand the ins and outs of the product as much as they understand the marketing. And I think that's, that's key. And that's, that's, that's why I said he, he, he was more a sales engineer, because that's how I see a good sales engineer working. I, I know they're completely different functions in an organization, but, um, you know, it, it's, it's, yeah, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a similar, how do I best phrase it? It, it, it goes in the same direction, right? Very deep technical knowledge, knowing how to market it and being able to, to present it to clients, right? So uh, we've, we've talked about, you know, aligning the goals and the, and the objectives so that there's a clear idea between the two functions as to what their roles and responsibilities are into to delivering on, on, on targets. What other steps can, can be taken? Communication is obviously a key one. One of the things that I've seen yeah. in practice, and I don't know whether you have, is, is essentially a sales and marketing charter. So actually writing down, sales write down, what marketing can expect of them, but what they require of yeah. marketing and, and, and vice yeah. versa. It doesn't have to be a 30-page document. It can be a couple of slides. But it, it's yeah. um, it's not necessarily a static product. You need, sorry, a static document. You need to review it and revise it and refine it as, as time goes on. But that proved a, a useful tool for, for making sure everyone was sort of uh, pulling in the, same, in the same direction. Yeah. A, a sales playbook could work, right? Call it sales and marketing playbook. Um, again, I did a did a course recently on, on sales playbooks, um, which I, to be honest, I never really formally used in any company. I, I started writing some, and I'm about to, to write one for, for for one of the startups I'm working with. But you know, if I say call it playbook, and it sounds grand, and it sounds like a hundred pages document, and, and etc. All it is, is is some ground rules rules, right? As you say, you know, a, a charter where it says, you know, what, what are the expectations. How do we position? You know what 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 are the battle cards? You know, you know it's the basic information every sales needs, and and the basic that comes from um, from marketing, and and just having it all in one place and updating it regularly. And again, where should it sit? Right. I mean, if I say without prejudice, if if you look at salespeople and if you look at marketing people, I always say marketing people are really thorough, hardworking, working beyond six o'clock, right? Because it, this it never ends. Salespeople are generally a bit more lazy, right? They just want to get the deal. You know, I don't want to stereotype too much here, but it should well, probably and, and, marketing and, because these people are more thorough. They're better. They're I'm, I'm not going to push back on that, Volker. <laughs> <laughs> of course you wouldn't. But, but, you know, salespeople don't even want to fill in the CRM, right? And then marketing goes like, oh, is it a MQL? You know, which pipeline should it be in? You know, how, how should we address that person, right? And, and all these information are missing. And, and that, that's a constant battle marketing and sales have. So to your point, putting down these ground rules and, you know, and the easiest way of, of, of getting people to do it, you know, whether it's, it's, it's filling in those information um, or, or salespeople filling in CRM information, is, is just to go out and, you know, make it make it um, part of their uh, commission structure, right? So if, mm. if, if, your, if your CM is not to date, you don't get the, get the bonus, you know, or you don't get, um, I don't know, the Friday three o'clock finish or whatever, right? We, we've all seen it, right? Let's say, if, I, if I say not, not every salesperson is lazy, I, I never was, of course. But, 
Well, when I worked in sales, I wasn't the best at filling in the CRM, but that was a good 20 years ago. So I think the statute of limitations has passed. Um, But you're absolutely right in that, um, uh, you know, take the example. The example I often use in this this situation is is when it comes to, to events. You know, events are very popular and there's lots of events you can go out and sponsor or attend or yeah. whatever it is. Um, and how often have you been in the scenario where um, you go to one of these events, you have all the salespeople have good conversations, marketing happy because they can see the salespeople are sort of um, filling their boots and, you know, you get to the end yeah. of the two days and you all kind of high five and declare victory and everyone disappears in different directions with a... Yeah pocket full of of business cards then you look in the crm six months later and you want to prove the value of the event and there's nothing and that's that's as marketing's fault as much as it is it's sales um because there isn't that process hasn't been documented or or agreed as to what happens after the events because they're expensive they're a big line item on the on the budget so if you've got it in in stone that you know marketing is going to deliver X Y Z, but the expectation is once the leads are created that that sales and marketing together will will follow these steps to give us the best possible chance of generating an ROI, um, then you're setting yourself up for success. Yeah. Otherwise, it's all a bit of a wing and a prayer. You know, it doesn't work in sales favor not to put all the leads into the CRM, mm. right? Because they, they they want to go back to the event if it was successful, of course. And because it's it's lead gen for them, right? And uh, you know, it's, it's they're shooting themselves in the foot. But what you also find, especially in smaller companies, right? At, at six o'clock, sales is off. You know, with with a few clients, you know, a few beers, and uh, marketing is going like, oh, we, we have to break down the stand, right? And, <laughs> and that's not going to work either. You know, I think, and, and again, coming back to your point around teamwork, especially in small organizations, I think you know these these, these functions just need to work together. So in terms of the steps that can be taken, we've talked about uh, aligning on goals and objectives. Yeah. Uh, we've talked about, you know, putting in place a playbook so there's a clear understanding of who needs to be doing what. We've talked about the importance of communication. We've we've talked about making sure that there are some basic, you know, that everyone's agreed on what the definition of a lead is, for instance. And I think yeah. also that um, terminology is also really important. Absolutely, because, yeah so many times things get lost in translation and you might be talking about the 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 same thing but especially in the world especially in the world of marketing where goodness knows there's so many three-letter acronyms that i trip myself up on a regular basis so um yeah Yeah. keeping it plain english being um clear on on what terminology is you know that that very quickly is going to help you achieve some of those numbers of you know improved retention rates and lower sales cycle and increased revenue etc etc what are the common mistakes to avoid i guess it's the all the opposite of that isn't it it's it's yeah um cro cmo not aligned um that it's happening in pockets but it's not happening um completely when one team's pushing the alignment agenda more than the other disjointed goals and objectives um is that fair yeah i mean it it comes down uh, i just took a note here um you know, OKRs, right? I mean, everybody's darling these days, right? Um, if, if, if they say it's a marketing leader, if they're not sitting under one umbrella, and if they have different objectives, you know, they, they're going off in different directions, right? They need to have the same objectives, um, which again, why it makes sense to have it all in one function, but, you know, so so look at OKRs, objective key results, right? So if, if, if that is built up properly from, if you say the, the, the bottom feeders all the way up to, um, 
uh, to the head office or the C level, what you know, whatever your structure is, then then you can align those goals and you can make sure you know everyone moves in the right direction. Um, because if I say, you know, we, we talk about sales and, and marketing alignment, right? If I say that it's the doers, but it's also the leaders that need to align, right? So if the CMO and the C, CO, if, if they were separate, or the CSO, chief sales officer, or whatever you want to call that person, I've, I've heard so many different, <laughs> I mean, we can put another half hour on, on the podcast just talking about these acronyms, because <laughs> it's the chief sales officer, chief revenue, or chief commercial officer. Um, but if, if you, if, if, if they are not aligned, right, as a leadership team and don't move in the same direction, right, and have the, have the same objective, then, you know, the, the team underneath can't work towards the same objectives either, right? And that's, that's where obviously OKRs come in. Um, and that's why, if I say of, 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 for, for the last few months, I'm, I'm so interested in revenue operations. So I worked with, with sales operations in the past, um, you know, and if I say sales operations is a great function, but revenue operation goes, if I say this, this at least in my opinion, a, a step further. Um, you know, I don't want to define revenue operations here because then people go like, oh, but you missed this and that and the other. But essentially, it for, for me, it's it's a, it's a looking at the underlying data, right? And, and, and the sales and marketing funnel, and then customer churn, and, and really going into depth in terms of what works, what doesn't work. And with, without that data, you, you can't look at, you know, how, how you have to manage the teams, right? And, and again, if that's it's under operations, you know, then... You know, I don't know. It it should sit again under sales because it it, it powers the, the strategies, the, the insights in terms of how to manage marketing and sales, and and client success. And that data is so important. I mean, I had I had so interesting courses and, and discussions recently about that. It's you know, I'm I'm totally sold. I probably should move into revenue operations. But as a as a fellow CEO said the other day, oh, fuck it, you you don't want to do that. You want other people to do that. But, <laughs> It's such a fascinating topic um, to, to really granular look at, at every step of the conversion, right? From, if I say, marketing lead, sales lead. Um, and, and to your point, it needs to all be defined as well. What, what, what is what? And when does an MQL become an SQL? And what does SQL stand for? And what does MQL stand for? Um, and, you know, to, to your point earlier, where, where's the handover, right? When, you know, and, and then from sales to client success and, and, and so on. Um, and, and when do you bring marketing back in, in terms of, you know, what I said earlier, account-based marketing, right? It, because it's, it's, it's not, at least in my opinion, and, you know, ma- marketing on, not, not only sits for, for, for the lead generation, if I say on the left-hand side of the funnel, it, it also, you know, if I say it spans the, the whole process from the whole life cycle of a client. And, and people often forget that, right? They think, oh yeah, marketing has done their jobs, they brought a lead in. No, 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 marketing, you know, want, wants to continue helping client success, how to engage with their clients, right? Because there are new products coming, there's upselling coming. Um, that's where product marketing again comes in, right? You know, which which product have we sold? You know, how, how, how do we, you know, upsell that? How do we position it with the client? Um, so, yeah, so I, I don't know if that was a question. <laughs> it's just... I'm quite passionate about it. I know. I know we're not. You know, we're very much on the same page here, which is yeah. maybe a bit well, boring. Well, but it's it's so fun. <laughs> well, no, I think I think what we're showing here, uh, as uh, myself as a marketing professional and yourself yeah. as a sales professional, I think we're showing that we're well aligned, which is the exactly. the object of uh, of 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 this. The you mentioning revenue operations, and we've we've mentioned some other departments, and I'm wondering actually whether. Sales and marketing is 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 a bit of a, a misnomer in, in that um, 
you, you've, you, you know, you've also got product marketing. Okay, they're part of marketing. You've mm. got revenue operations yeah. where they might be going to sales. Maybe there should be have the concept of revenue alignment, um, so that yeah. you know that pulls Absolutely. everyone in, gives them focus on. Uh, you know the most important thing for the organisation, which is hitting their targets, and how that is uh, achieved, so that no one is in un, uh, any illusion that they have a responsibility to towards that, and um, know precisely the role that they fill. No, no, I agree. That's that's where I would argue it's it's, it's a revenue function, right? That sits above there. I mean, we could now argue. I don't know if we have time for that, um, but uh, I, I, had this I feel that, I feel like we should find something to have a disagreement <laughs> on. So, so I, yeah, let's make may, time for it. Maybe I find something. Um, so the, I, I had this question before whether a CMO could be a chief revenue officer, or if a CRO should always come from the sales side. So I don't know what your thoughts are. <laughs> that is a good question. Um, mm-hmm. I'm okay. My gut feel is that it is possible, and there's no reason why it shouldn't be, uh, because yeah. um, actually, now I'm going to contradict myself straight away. <laughs> so I've been I've I've been into a couple of organisations where the CMO has not had a marketing background, not necessarily sales, but yeah. they don't have a marketing background, and the marketing function has, as a result, really suffered. So. My gut feel is that the same would be true on the sales side. If a, if a CRO has not, in some form or another, whether it's yeah. as a bag carrying rep or yeah, yeah. You know, as, a, as an SDR or, or whatever it is, have some uh, strong experience of sales methodologies and processes and coaching and leading a, a high performing sales team. Uh, my 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 gut feel is that it wouldn't work what are your thoughts yeah see i'm i'm twofold because see i would argue i could easily be a cmo as well right i have enough marketing knowledge over the years you know i could move into into cmo and i'd be fine although i've never done a traditional marketing role so i haven't done the nitty-gritty bits right so there's there's stuff i'm i, I would be missing naturally and I think the same would be true for, for, for CMO transitioning over to, to CEO role. So to your point, obviously, I, I would agree a CMO should come from a marketing background, right? Um, however, if, if a CMO, if say, and, and of, of course, it, you know, there's a lot of caveats around, you know, function, size of the company, etc., etc. But if a CMO comes from a strong marketing lead generation background and understands sales, and has a very strong sales leader, I think a CMO could potentially move into that role of chief mm. revenue officer because the chief revenue officer at the end of the day becomes the, the revenue responsible person within an organization. Mm. And and I think, you know, there's no reason why a CMO wouldn't be capable of doing that. Not, not every CMO, but so, so is not every sales leader, you know, becoming a CEO either. So, mm. you know. Yeah, it's, it's, well, maybe, you know, maybe... That is um, something which is going to be more common um, moving forward. That the, the chief revenue officer does cover revenue uh, completely from you know sales marketing the whole way through the funnel. Whereas yeah. traditionally, at the moment, it's predominantly sales and yeah. client success. So that might be the way things are going. I think the other factor as well is is also the stage an organisation is at. Because I think if it's a well-established, yeah, large organisation, then yeah, you want. You want someone with the with the background leading the yeah. respective uh, team, but at an earlier stage, 
There's a bit more wiggle room. But it's I mean, it's an interesting thought. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's, that's where we come back to the, so the definitions, right? So if you look at Gartner, Gartner brings out a CSO report each year. Or, you know, every, mm. every few weeks they put something out. So chief sales officer. And then if I say I, I classify myself as chief revenue officer because I think marketing and client success should sit under, under revenue, whilst under sales, as chief sales officer, you most likely only have sales, maybe to your point, client success. And then you have the CMO, right? Chief marketing officer, clearly marketing. Um, I mean, the chief commercial officer, what, what does a chief commercial officer do? I always wonder, is that just a pseudonym for chief revenue officer? And, and again, <laughs> you, you, you could argue under the cost cover, right? I, I don't know the answer. I always say titles are important when you move from one organization to another, so it doesn't really matter as long as it's clear what your responsibility is. But this gets to the nub of alignment, doesn't it? it it's there's there's different. Um, you know, one organisation may would define a CRO one way, and the next organisation yeah. a, a different way. So um, it doesn't matter. There's no right or necessarily a right or wrong answer, but it's making sure that everyone internally knows, you know, what this team and that person does, and then how you you work with with them to. Uh, to deliver so uh, i'm gonna yeah. um i'm gonna move to the sort of the final uh question that i okay. ask everyone who comes on here and this is um i i've got an answer to this um so but it's 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 room 101 what is the yeah. one issue or thing related to sales and marketing alignment that you would like to banish forever to, to banish forever um th- despite you giving me that that question before and I, i've kind of like you know, if I say it didn't come up with, 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 with if I say the best answer, any answer really. I think you you, you put the answer in there, right? I, and so I know your answer. <laughs> okay, well, sh- I'll, I'll give my answer first. Give you a bit of bit of thinking time, but yeah. um, and I admit, you know, this is not the the heftiest of challenges or or issues, but yeah. it is something that just irks me. And as my teenage daughter would say gives me the yeah. ick but it's the phrase smarketing which is yeah. a very simple portmanteau of sales and uh, marketing but it just sets me on edge and i'm very willing to concede that smart that yeah. is more a reflection on my that's more about my neuroses than than anything else but it just it's just one of those things which kind of gets under my under my skin yeah i, I think for me what, what i like to banish in terms of you know not being aligned is you know, them having different goals, right? I mean, as, as soon as marketing and sales have different dif- different goals and objectives, it, it all falls apart. I think yours is the more credible answer, whereas mine was a bit more uh, <laughs> trivial, but <laughs> but, uh, yes, marketing, but both work. <laughs> to be honest, until you put it in, you know, in, into, your, in, into the notes, um, I've never heard of marketing before, which is quite interesting. Have you not? No, I, I, I didn't come across it before. And if, if you Google it, you fu- it's it's a term, right? Obviously, you, you, yeah. It, 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 it bothers you, but yeah, it's an age-old yeah. question, right? But um, yes, yeah, so it's marketing. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't doesn't sit well, does it? <laughs> it's a, it's a, it's a bit gimmicky. It's a bit gimmicky. Yeah. But um, uh, <clears throat> you know, listeners might um might be able to to draw from that. Whereas I was more trivial, and you were more credible. That um, yet again. <laughs> Marketing is providing a bit of style, but sales is delivering the substance. Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. <laughs> um, 
Volker, thank you very much for your uh, your time today. It's been a really good conversation. Yeah, and I've you know it's always good to to align, but also to get uh, to get sales input on it as, uh, as well. And I would urge anyone to, uh, as a very bare minimum, to start speaking to say, well yeah. sales if you're in marketing or vice versa, uh, ASAP, and make sure that uh, marketing is. Not a support function for sales, but it's supportive of sales, and the way yeah. you work together needs to reflect that. And, and yeah, it's actually a good point. So, sorry if I picked that up, but it's not a support function. You know, it, it's mm. not like marketing works for sales. You know, and and we need to get that out of our heads um, because I think that's that's very old school. But then marketing needs to make the effort as much as sales does, and you know, mm. go to sales meetings and and so on. Uh, as you say, communication is is so key. But yeah, thank you so much for having me. And, and, and sorry we didn't disagree more. Maybe we find another topic where we can be a bit more polarized. Yeah, let's... <laughs> <laughs> we're, we'll come back for uh, for episode two where we, yeah. we, we really find something that we can go to be at loggerheads Perfect. on. Perfect. Yeah. Thank you so much. Right. Thanks, Valko. All the best.